podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to season 23, episode 8. 8. <clears throat> Drink of Happy Jugs RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Storm. Mike's off. My name's Kimmy. My name's Gina. Wrong order, but that's fine. I can deal with that. <laughs> it's all good. I said stork oh. when you were turning your mic on. Yeah. Just <laughs> pay attention. I was fixing your hair. It's very important. Your hair is a mess. It right is. Now. It's I just mess. washed. I can't do a thing with it. Stork's yeah. hair is not great today. No, it is. <laughs> See, the problem is that there's humidity in California. <laughs> it smells so good, we're all fucked. Well, I mean, I mean, it took me two hours to get home, and I literally got in, got in the shower, and came oh. here. So I'm very, very wet today. We had a rain for the year. We did. We in did. The last, a lot last of few it. days. <clears throat> And now all the hillsides... Did you see there's, like, roads that look like rivers? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's not... Here's the oh. thing. California has an infrastructure and stuff for water, but it doesn't rain that often, so when it yeah. does, it just gets clogged up with debris. And well, the problem is there's, rivers. like, grocery baskets inside yeah. the flood control channels and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember that, right? That's oh, yeah. House. yeah I my, remember my apartment in Long Beach. One yeah. rehearsal, we sat there, and we watched that thing come up to with about six inches oh, yeah. the top, and we were like, should we... Do you think we need to... I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> If this over, what do we do? I don't have any sandbags, and if I did, I don't have any sand to put in them. <laughs> Where do we go if that overflows? Sand is surprisingly expensive. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. That's why people steal it. Really? Yeah. It's a big. There's a big black market for sand. There's yeah. there was a whole beach in like the Bahamas or something mm-hmm. like that. This guy had a beach. He was going to be building a resort. They show up. The construction workers show up one day for work, and the sand is gone. Oh my god! And it, and it over the course it was like over the course of a weekend or something. But these people came by in in big huge dump trucks and just with loaders and loaded up all the yeah. sand, and it it gets carted away and shipped somewhere else where they need sand. Right, yeah. and they're really hard to track because they they go in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> oh the sand people, yes, yes. they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole big thing. I went, Planet Money had a whole thing about the sand thieves. Yes, people. Send people thieves. <laughs> All right, keep going. In this episode of Happy Jacks <laughs> RPG podcast, Ryan writes in about the nature of player choice. No. Harold from St. Louis writes in about castle storming. Yay. And Carl from Wisconsin sends a con game horror story. Sometimes the best horror stories are con game horror stories. Yeah. Usually. I think they usually. <clears throat> yes. Is this a con game or did he get conned into a game? It's a convention game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. <laughs> We're on the social media. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe! Happyjacksrpg, all one word. We got like 40 or so people now on MeWe. Oh. Yes. That's impressive. I've only posted one thing. Your <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. You're going to get all these people to go there, and they're going to expect all the updates there. And guess what you're not going to do, Stu? I, I will eventually. Trust me. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard this before. Well, that was a good face. Well, th- I, and I, lo and behold, there's a moment of truth group on there that I didn't start. Oh, yeah. really? It's not you and like your 40 sock puppets? Nope. I don't have any sock puppets on MeWe. I don't uh-huh. believe you. Right. I don't. The first thing about sock puppets is you don't talk about sock puppets. Oh, I love sock puppets. I talk about them all the time. I know. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world. Yes. That's why we don't believe you. Yeah. I haven't made any on the on our new forum yet. We should announce the new forum. Oh yeah. Oh, and also that's a lie. <laughs> they, I haven't made any sock puppets. You did. I deleted it. 
Do you named it sock puppet? Oh, I did. I didn't make a sock puppet. I'll just See? make it again. No, I'll give I did make it. That's right. That's right. During the test, yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a character called sock sock puppet. That is a lie. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. um, but uh, our new forum is uh, we, we will redirect happyjacks.org slash forum there. Yes. Um, but right now, if you go to happyjacksforum.com, yes. happyjacks with an S, forum, no S, dot com, yes. you can get there. And it's up and it's running. Yeah. And there's people posting, and it's remarkably similar to the old one. It's different. There's some yeah. different things, but it's still very it's similar. Not, it's- Really nice, yeah. Uh, and the cool thing about it is we control it completely. It's not like through a third party, so we can customize it. We can change things. We're still in a little bit, a little past the beta test phase. Like we're in the strong alpha, like well, version. Is, it, is alpha earlier or later than beta? Well, Alpha's earlier. Yeah, but when you so do, we're in like gamma testing. No, no. Alpha, when you do epsilon? beta testing, in some, yeah, yeah. I it's like two point Omega testing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beta. We're out of the test phase and we're in the early shipped product. We had the soft open. Yeah, we had the soft yeah. <laughs> We did our Kickstarter. Assume right. we're like one of those video games that knows it has a bunch of bugs but yeah, ships what? anyway because right. you already paid for it and then it's going to like patch it. You get the 60 gigabyte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, patch. so it'll be fantastic. But yes, it's very cool. Go there. Yeah. Do the thing. There's and we have a Discord as well. Sign up. Yes. Oh, I'm waiting for it to, to put, put it in my yeah, no, I got you muted. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Canada. Bobcat says it's uh, better than Fallout 76. <laughs> See, and I like Fallout 76. Zachary's, it's still Fallout. Zachary loves Fallout 76. You can't have no NPCs. It's weird. He's having a blast. Right, but has he played all the other Fallout games? Yeah. Well, four. He's played four, and he completed four... Like four times by joining different factions, mm-hmm. he joined like the scientist faction, whatever yeah. that's called, and he yeah. joined. But he's 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 completed Fallout Four like four times. It's a cool game, and he also likes Fortnite. Yes, it is. This is this is their the, like this is their try at something like Fortnite, which is why like Zachary likes it. Maybe yeah, he see. likes building stuff. Yeah. And yeah. there's and, and the, I, you do that in Fortnite too. I don't yeah. know. I'm enjoying Fallout, but I like to explore and. Find things. And it's a big world too. It isn't is. It? I really enjoy massive, that. Massive, but that's the problem. Like, I would love it if it was like a regular MMO where you could have like a whole bunch of people. But there's like 26 people on each server. It's also hard to group with your friends or whatever because yeah. because you just randomly get assigned to a <coughs> service. They're yeah. working on it. They're tweaking it. Oh their, yeah, that that's the one MMO. problem. If it, if you have that few players on each server on a with a server. world that large, yeah. they'll never run into each other. Or yeah, I that's mean, like trying to run into someone in in yeah. in uh uh. uh Minecraft, because the, the well, someone sat down and figured out if the Minecraft world, if like each square was a meter, that the holy it's like the size of Uranus or something. Mm-hmm. The 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 world, the Minecraft world. You, is can, huge. you can see when wow. people are on their little dots and stuff on your map. So, but but I don't know if you you don't have any options. I I don't group, so I don't know if you have any options really? to pick the server that you want to be on with your friends. You just group. Show up and then yeah. hopefully grow up. It's with just somebody. it just seems sort of empty. But I don't know. This is not a podcast. No, about no, it is Fallout seventy six. No. That oh, and also Jason and I yelling about things. If you would like to uh, watch the show live, for those of you listening at home on your earbuds or your computer or your car stereo or whatever or Bluetooth speaker, you can join <laughs> us live on Fridays at seven p.m. Pacific time at happyjacks.org/live. Yes, happyjacks.org. 
dot org slash live. Yes. And there's also, a YouTube and Twitch option. So yes. if you hate Twitch, you can watch on YouTube. And if you hate YouTube and Twitch, you're kind of fucked. No, you can just watch on the Happy Jackson or slash live page. So oh. You don't actually have to... Are yeah. you getting, you're getting the Twitch feed, though, right? Yeah, but right. you don't have to log in or... Ah, uh, okay. Just kind of you can box. lurk. Yeah. Right. And we can't... I would like to be on Facebook Live, too, but can't figure that out. Uh, got, that costs money. Yeah. <clears throat> also, uh, the fundraiser for uh, Rainbow Railroad... Which we kicked off with the 24 hour mm-hmm. marathon is still going on. Happy Jackson slash Rainbow, if you'd like to go awesome. donate. We're, the last time I checked, we were at 61.35, I think. It goes uh, to the end of the year, right? Like literally, it's like January 1st. Or I checked a couple days ago. Yeah, no, we bumped, we bumped over. Um, uh, we're at $6,135. Oh, I'm sorry. They said six thirty-five, uh, $6,035. Oh, I missed mm-hmm. one. Sorry. Then, yes, it's exactly where you said. Well done. You're right, okay. Sue. I checked it a couple days ago. Everyone marked Someone put time. up $25, and yeah. it was no longer an even number. I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so anyone who donates, add an extra five bucks onto it to get it back to an even number. I don't know why that matters. but It's it, a thing uh, to you? Bilk you out of an extra five bucks. It's really strange that... <laughs> It doesn't bother me. I'm just trying to figure out a way to increase right. revenue. <laughs> oh. The nature of player choice from Ryan. Okay. Hello. Hello. I hope you are having a pleasant day. I am. Thank you. Regardless <laughs> of you desiring it or not. Well, that makes the wow. questions sort of moot. Uh, I was listening to your show, and you spoke about definitions of railroady games versus sandboxes. Oh, no. <laughs> Although, okay. Although I do not wish to engage in a debate of terminology. Oh, good. <laughs> It did get me thinking about the underlying issue of player choice in a game. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring these thoughts to you. Use them how you will. Firstly, I must define player choice as a decision that takes the players to a different place in the plot slash game. Okay. The players, which includes the GM, make decisions that they understand the general ramifications of to change things that are effective to the outcome of the game. So the choice to enter door number one versus door number two is not a choice unless the player has some idea of what is going to be behind the door before they open it. Okay, because conceivably the GM could put whatever he wants under either door. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <clears throat> right? I mean, if, you, if you're not running a... If you like, yeah. if you can turn le- left and right and I'm going to have trolls attack you and it doesn't matter if you go left or right. It's right, the, no, you know, no, that makes it's sense. It's the yes. Schrodinger's troll thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's uh, what uh, is not a choice unless the players have some some idea what's going on behind the door before they open it. They may not have a complete understanding of what is behind the door, i.e., they do not see ninjas hiding behind a bush, but they see a gem on display in one room and a ghoul in the other room. The choice is only relevant if the player can choose the ghoul or the gem, or I don't care whatever is behind the door is mine. Oh, that's a joke. Or I don't care whatever. Behind the door is mine. Like, cause they're, yeah, because they're murder hobos. Uh, next, I propose that because of the need of relevant, relevant information in order to make meaningful decisions, there is no such thing as a player choice, choice with regards to a game. Hmm. I do not wish to quarrel about terms, so let me be clear. I do think players should feel as though they made a choice, but it is the same sort of choice that all of us have to pay our taxes or go to jail. Maybe. Um, You can fight that choice to try to find a third option. 
<clears throat> but that in and of itself usually means you are choosing the latter instead of the former. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, the choices a character ma- a character makes in the moment are actually very limited, in my opinion. In every game I have r- ran or played, want to go to the haunted house or do you want to play something else? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think we should stop and talk about. It. I think we should get through okay, the email. Yeah. Yeah. The presence There's a lot of points. The yeah. presence and reliance on both story and the competitive nature of the game requires the GM to withhold information from players from the player about the scenario. Sure, uh, there are games that do this more or less. <clears throat> but these two elements are required to be a game or a story on some level. In the case of a story-based game, the GM must, often at the request of the players, keep spoilers out of the timeline, i.e. the fact that blacksmiths are all werewolves, must be kept until a dramatically appropriate time, or else it just turns into a tactical war game immediately. I get that. Uh, war, war and tactics games also require the GM to withhold information on the enemy's tactics and capabilities or or else the counter move becomes too obvious. Me telling you what my next three chess moves are going to are, uh, are goes against the spirit of the game but not the rules technically. Yes, it can be done but it goes against the whole point of what is being attempted. I play Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, I play a, lot of, a, a good bit. And the lack of choice is implicit in the core concept of the game. So people like that like to play it, play or run it, usually acknowledge this readily, at least the ones I met, but it's a big world. Uh, oftentimes, the only choice you get is if you want to enter the haunted house or play apples to apples instead, because <laughs> the adventure is in the house. Uh, people in the, the D&D mindset rail against this idea, but the DM spent time building a dungeon or money buying a module for the for the dungeon, so the adventure is in is in there. You have the choice between a red door, a blue door, or playing apples to apples instead. Uh, there really isn't a choice in any of those options once you sit down at the table. The lack of choice in these instances is not a bug, but a feature, though. Freedom, in this case, is a dodge and completely immaterial in terms of the story of the game. You would not want to be holding a, a winning hand of poker to have the other people at the table declare that the real winner of the game is the person with the red envelope taped under his chair. Win, win or lose it, it, lose, win or lose, it is unsatisfying. You also wouldn't want the romantic journey that took small town girl and big city lawyer with a gruff exterior and a heart of gold to end with a new character being introduced in the last two minutes of the movie and having one of them choose a random new person you don't know. Win or lose, you want someone connected to the previous events to have some sort of role in the final decision. This, in and of itself, decreases the net freedom of the interaction, but it gives meaning to the interaction as a whole. It makes the suffering big city lawyer with the gruff exterior and the heart of gold have some meaningful, some meaning and makes those cards you, you were holding in your hand useful. We as humans want to want some degree want to have some degree if we want to interact on that level. We as humans want that to want that to some degree if we want to interact on on that level. All that being said, it is rude on a human level to offer someone something and take it away. If I said, "Did you want to go through the blue door or the red door?" not like your answer and tell you that the characters went through the root the red door even though you wanted to go through the blue, I'm being a dick. That, yes. 
that has less to do with giving <laughs> someone a choice and more to do with not keeping your word in mind. Thoughts, Ryan. You run a very different kind uh, of game than I run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going backwards. Okay. So you bring up the the example of the the like the love triangle. Um, for me, that's like the easiest one to disprove because, like, for example, I'm playing in a game right now, Gene X, where there's like a love relationship between me and Mike's character, and. Jim, Jim's a good GM. He has nothing to do with that working or not working. Like, literally every session, Mike and I sit down, and we don't know whether our characters are going to be in love or hate each other that session. Like, it is the craziest thing. And, like, Jim's good at rolling with it. But 100%, that that isn't his choice. So that sure. is 100% player choice there. Right. And I don't even know if you can call it player choice, because we both kind of just run with whatever happens. And it's like, you said what? You said what? And like suddenly like one thing will piss off the other character. And it's really fun. Right. right. But, but you're 100% character And you're choice. improvising. Yeah, it's all yeah. improvised mm. choice. Like, am I going to get pissed? I'm going to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. for him a sure. little here. I'm going to guess he would argue that what you are engaging in is character exposition and not necessarily story the way he's defining it. Possibly. You know, I mean, you that's I mean? true. Because <clears throat> I mean, it is... But it is... Part of the story. It is. It devil's is. advocate. It, yeah. Yeah. But I, but I mean... If you're going to play devil's advocate, you can't agree with this. No. But, <laughs> but I mean, if you look at Harry Potter... Right. Uh, I just binge-watched most of the movies over the last, oh, okay. last week. And um, there are scenes that happen in Harry Potter that are character exposition, especially in the earlier films when they had a lot more time and a lot less story they had to get through. Yes. So there's a, a character exposition that doesn't have anything to do with the story as it unfolds. Right, but eventually you get to a point where spoilers, like Ron and Hermione are together, and they, you know, they end up going off together to go take care of some of the things that need to get taken care of. Right, partially because they're in a relationship, but then all that also helps them defeat the bad guys in the end. Sure, but I mean, so is that then? Is that relationship, even though it started, because ours too, I would agree in the beginning of our game, like it was just kind of like character fluff. But then, as the story progresses, like we started making hard character choices about, like, hey, what bad guys are we going to go after? How are we going to go after them? Things like that, based on the interpersonal relationships of the party. That uh, going back to Ron and Hermione, uh, in I don't remember which film, in the one where where all all of the girls are like going to get uh, love potions and trying to slip, <laughs> right. and they're trying to slip them to Harry, and he mm-hmm. ends up getting one. And that uh, that kind of explodes that whole right. relationship that it hasn't happened yet between the two characters mm-hmm. has nothing to do with whether Voldemort lives or dies. True. See what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it, it's important. It is part. It's part of the story, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not the linear line of the boy lives, the boy kills the bad guy, which is the main arc of the story. True. I can't give why because people are already mad at me in the chat room. <laughs> I can't tell why that's not the case with our game because <laughs> our, our our final ultimate battle is happening on Wednesday. <laughs> but there are there is a direct correlation of, of sort of the, the thing. I would but, I will say this: that stuff is going to make the story more interesting. Yes, it's absolutely going to make a much much more interesting story. Right. But the basic line of the story, and that's kind of what he's talking about here. Yeah. Right. Because he's talking about it. There's an evil wizard in the tower. Uh-huh. You need to get the sure. evil wizard. If you don't want to go in the tower and get the evil wizard, 
there's no story. So, I disagree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> but also, like, how many stories is it like, especially because, oh, God, I hate stories where princesses are just, like, motivation for the hero. But, like... They're a MacGuffin. How, yeah, right? <laughs> like, how many times... People are MacGuffins a lot, though. Right. I mean, how often is that, like, oh, the, the, the hero's in love with the MacGuffin. Like, how often is that a motivation? So that love may actually be the thing that is the catalyst sure. for the guy going out to be the hero and killing the wizard. That's that's what I was going to say too. Is yeah. that if you're if you're just saying that that the end result of a campaign of twelve games is that you have to take down the wizard, and that there is no because there is character choice that develops from those character relationships even how you approach you know are you going to talk your way out are you going to make him uh, a good guy in that Mickey Rooney Christmas thing where there's the the wizard of the whatever he is the frost guy and then he's a nice guy and he melts and whatever so are you going to do that or are you going to explode him or you I mean are none of those choices choices then because the end of the game is just the, the you take down the wizard I think it depends partially on play style mm-hmm. because I mean if I was running a game and I came up with plot hooks that totally disinterested, disinterested the players and I have totally had that happen I abandon them and come up with something else True. it may take me a while it sometimes is a little frustrating mm-hmm. but I've done it so there, that choice does not the, to this is where I'm disagreeing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That choice doesn't <clears throat> preclude the existence of a game. It's like I either choose to go into the tower or we play apples to apples, right? That's not necessarily true. The par- right. it, When I run a game, that party can avoid that tower and say, we're not going to go fight that guy. Dark wizards are dangerous. Screw that. Yeah, why yeah. would we kill do us? that? We're going to go over here and find something else. I'm going to come up with something interesting for them to do over there. Mm. However... There's repercussions for them avoiding that main plot hook. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. still a dark wizard in the tower. He's become, becoming more and more powerful. He's, you know, uh, perverting the minds of the local monarchs and doing all of the things that dark wizards do. So eventually, at some point, the world is going to transform around the players unless they decide they want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to force them to do it, and I'm never going to say, yeah. "Okay, we're going to play apples to apples because you guys don't want to go kill the dark wizard." Right, and that's that's. That's the thing. It sounds almost sort of pouty. But he's getting real granular with things, yeah. too. Yes. I mean, in many ways, this is life. You know, the, the, the things he says about choices, we, we all have the illusion of choice, which is, you know, you either right. pay your taxes or go to jail. You know, I, can, I'm, I can sit in the freeway or I can, I can slam on the accelerator and ram the car in front of me. That is a choice. Yeah. That, by definition, that's a choice. It's not a wise choice. It's not really even a choice, really, if you think about it. I could slam and die. I mean, right. it but, is a choice, though. But it's. I think that's. I think, yes. I think that's. I, I hate. I hate that granularity of that, though, because but, you, you know that now you're really just defining the verb choice. You're not really. No, but that's your. I think I get what you're you're saying, and I know he didn't want to talk about this, but to me, it's the difference in in it being more open narratively, choice wise, right. and being more railroady. And I get running a module. I get it. Like, and you should get that when you're going to sit down, you know, that there's, there are limited choices and often that's going to be, uh, we talked about White Plume Mountain, uh, in that same episode and it's going to be like, where, where do you want to go first? Cause right. you're going after Whelm and Black Razor and <coughs> the other dude, I can't remember, right. but like you can go down one, two or three. But you're gonna then go down two or one or whatever. Right. So yeah, we get that. But like 
there, I think, to your point and Kimmy's point and Stork too, it's like there are a multitude of player choices in between the beginning of that journey and the end of that journey. Yeah. And yeah. and it's not that it's not their choices without consequences. Though. Yeah. I think that's really important. Right. Like because like he said, like his example was uh, you see one room that has like the treasure in it, one room with a ghoul in it. The ghoul room is also an option. Most yeah. players aren't going to take that, but it's still an option. You have to be prepared because they're player characters and they will fuck everything up that they might go that way. And that is still player choice. And it, it could and be a valid choice, too. Absolutely. Maybe the ghoul's guarding something even more valuable than what uh-huh. you can see through the other Right. Door. Absolutely. Well, they're going to justify their choice. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think, I think that you can't necessarily... I mean, and I know we use the term railroady a lot, but having a less obvious or a harder consequence option is not necessarily railroading. Sometimes that's the more interesting story choice. And right. having been oh, for person, sure. I just meant, like... Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing with yeah, you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing, but also, yeah. like, like, like I think the the author is mis- it, not mistaking, but, like, thinking of player choices only being, like, these scot-free choices. And that's not necessarily the case. Like, well, just like I, what you're well, saying. I think he's also saying it's a fait accompli. Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. You're you're going after the bear that you right. saw in the right. newspaper, yeah. right. but that bear is really going to become the thing that I wanted it to be. It, no, I actually had Nazis and dirigibles and yeah. all kinds no, of shit planned. No, I know you did. <laughs> but if you were playing this game, that would that would have been an illusion of choice. It wouldn't have been a whole episode about okay, we're killing a bear for no damn good reason. No, the bear bear attacked campers. Yeah, they were yeah. heroes. Yes, <laughs> and it was the first first time we used our, our weapons too. Is a but you know savage, what I'm first time we played Savage World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the, the, this kind of reminds me of the Windy Drawer story. Oh, yeah. How so? Yeah. Because I, I ran... Um, this is before we were recording APs. Yes. I ran GURPS Infinite Worlds, and there was a character who was sort of like a Cajun ma- uh, hedge mage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, uh, he was a, a horrible, filthy person. But he owned an estate in wherever it took place. I think it was outside of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the party had been given an invitation... Because he was ho- hosting a cotillion or something, something like that. He, had, he, had, he was putting uh, on airs. Yes, he was putting yeah. on airs. He had um, hopes and aspirations right. to be more than just a. And here's the, here's the thing. Now, now, at the base level, yes, the party needs to take this guy out because he's a threat to the timeline or whatever the reason was. There was a reason the party needed to take this guy out. Right, it was your GURPS time traveling. It game, was the, yeah. it was the GURPS Infinite Worlds game, and. But the and I gave them okay, and I actually had drawn up. Here's the guy's estate, and here's all of the rooms wow. inside of his mansion, and here's where guards are going to be. And I I designed the whole thing up. <clears throat> so the part the party gets this invitation to this cotillion, and th- they're like, okay, there's no way we're going to this thing. We need to figure out. Yeah, we're not way. walking into his into his <laughs> lair. And Stu, to your your credit, go. You're absolutely right. Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you? Why would you walk into the main, the right. villain's main base? Well, you know, when you prep, <laughs> you don't know. You don't. You don't know what the players are going to do, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I came up with. Okay, here's the thing, and and I and I, and I designed it where it had reasonably good security. It would. It was. It was totally doable for you guys, but you're like, no, there's got to be a safer and easier option. And you decided to come up with have two of the characters pretend that they were like. Land investors or something, right? As always, you threw a party, right? And no, and you invited him out to a restaurant, and mm-hmm. then Stork's character is up on a oh, on a roof sniper. with a sniper rifle, yeah. and they get inside, and they evaporate his head. Yeah, 
through a wall. Oh right. yeah. So because of his girth. Yeah. So I so so in a sense he's correct. The 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 end game of the story was to take out this character. Mm-hmm. And you did. You didn't do it the way I expected you to do it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> player characters. Right. So, but you did do it. So, in a sense, what he's saying about player choice is kind of correct in that instance. However, if you had decided, you know what? This guy doesn't seem so bad. We're not going to kill him. Let's go do something else. Let's go make a deal with him. Yeah. Perhaps. (laughs) Or kidnap him. That's possible. Or, or yeah, pay him off. Who Mm -hmm. knows? I mean, there could have been all kinds of ways. But those are all dealing with him. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Which was the goal of the of the yeah. of the game, but if you had decided to go off in an entirely different direction, I would have let you as mm-hmm. the GM if you decide, no, nah, we don't want to go to New Orleans. We want to go to Chicago and see what Chicago's like in this alternate world, mm-hmm. this. right? So you decide to go to Chicago instead. Well, I'm going to come up with a story in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I might tie it in with Windy Drawers. Mm-hmm. I might not. I mean, Windy Drawers may just be there and be doing what he's doing. There's just repercussions to that. You're going to go back and say, hey. What the fuck, guys? What? What? You didn't take. What, where's Wendy Drozd's head? Mm-hmm. Well, just like in life, you know, you you could choose to to jump off the bridge, but you know, it, or but the, I mean, it's not it's it's not always a choice of life or death or no, freedom in prison. No, no, but like Kimmy was saying, freedom it's like con- there are consequences to sure potential like to anything well, doing it, a you know, an acceptable way. Story wise, or what hadn't been planned for, or picking right. an alternate route, and I think that that, that that doesn't having those choices isn't not, isn't really an illusion unless the GM mm-hmm. is making it an illusion, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And I think, I mean, t- repercussions kind of skate that edge of being a, a, an illusion of a choice, kind of. I think I mean I don't know. I mean, if you have if you have to get bad guy X, yeah, I'll use Wendy drawers. You're supposed to take out Wendy drawers, and that's the job that you guys yeah. are supposed to do because mm-hmm. there's something dangerous about him. Maybe you guys don't even know what it is. Right. Maybe the b- people in the Infinity organization don't even really realize what it is. But there's something about this guy, mm-hmm. and then they think that he needs to be taken out. Yeah. So you decide not to take him out, and you decide to go to Chicago instead and yeah. just get great pizza, right? So you're in Chicago eating great pizza, and I'm giving you other timelines there, and yeah. you're doing other stuff over there. Right. Whatever it was that Windy Drawers did to the timeline mm-hmm. is now going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that the, and that could be a world changing event, which now sure. m- maybe now pizza's not so great in Chicago. <gasps> now maybe pizza in Chicago sucks because it's oh, all thin crust. Man. Or it's yeah. Oh, they, there's fucking pineapple on it now. Yeah. Right. I love pineapple. <laughs> so does my son. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, it's it's not lack of player choice. It's the consequences just to become get wrapped into right. that choice. And, but depending on on how the GM is handling that, I could see a situation where. The players are eventually going to be compelled to go do this anyway, yeah. right? And I don't think that's necessarily railroading. No, because I mean, if it's a if, if it's the bad mage in the tower, and the bad mage in the tower suddenly starts you know bending the minds of the, all the local monarchs, 
and now you know there's no freedom and uh, murder hoboism has been outlawed and you can't burn down taverns anymore and all the stuff that players want to do can't do they're gonna be like oh we gotta but go take care of this guy but I think what you're talking about is more like that that implicit contract of play that we talk about that we kind of all agree about before you even sit at the table yeah. that we're gonna play a story and that the person who's running or facilitating or DM jam is is a participant in that and has created the world or we've collaborated or whatever. Right. And so we're going to play along with that. It doesn't, what I feel like when I read, read the letter a little bit is that the choices, all the choices along the way are really prescripted. Does that make sense? Yes. Versus that there is a lot more... I don't know, uh, give and take and, and flexibility with the collaborative storytelling where, yeah, that we all have signed up and said, yeah, we like this. We're going to play Deadlands and there's zombies in this town, mm-hmm. right. you know, or we discovered that. So obviously we're player characters and we're going to try to do something about that because that's hopefully the characters we've created. Right. But there are so many different choices you can make along the way. Or you, you, the party may pull a John yeah. Police and say, today my jurisdiction ends here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think it's a little... Again, like you're exactly right with the social contract. If you're sitting down to run a module, like there's a little bit of an agreement yeah. there. Like, hey, there's a little bit of a path in front of you. Right. So if you sit down for a module game and you suddenly do a 360 and you want to play a ninja or whatever... <laughs> like, like, like. Okay, no, that's a little bit of breaking of that social contract. Right. <laughs> so I think it depends. Also, you know, if you're, I think he does have valid points. If you're talking about people who are sitting down to play a module yeah. or something that's pre-written, because yeah, there is kind of like, hey, like you might, you know, swerve off the path a little bit, but it's kind of like you're heading the same direction. I do think that a lot more games conform to what he is describing than don't. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I, I think that that. The, the the concept of it has merit, and I'm wondering, is it something that should be cautioned against or bucked against? Or maybe the, maybe a, a, a GM should maybe have more flexibility in what how how they prep. Well, I mean, I'm, this is assuming you're not running a you know a, a, pre, a published adventure. The the fact that he says he plays a lot of Call of Cthulhu, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Really informs a lot of what this email is about because in Call of Cthulhu, you are already burdened with a tremendous sense of duty, and you know you're going to go insane, and you're kind of your path is already laid out for you, regardless of the choices that you make. Well, it's a little bit of a. I mean, it's a disempowerment sort of. It is thing. Yes, because you are you are not set up or capable of winning, and you're not going you just to. Gotta, right. All you can do is. Delay it a little bit. Yes. Yeah, but I yeah. would say that that informs player choice. Like you yeah. have choice, you have tons Absolutely. of choices in Call of Cthulhu. They're not going to make a huge amount of difference in the long run to the end of how your tale ends. But maybe you die. Maybe you go insane. Like that's two flavors of choice. <laughs> but, that's, but, that's, yeah. but that's kind of the the crux of his email, which is regardless of all the little decisions you've made, as Stu pointed out when he first started, which is there's the beginning, and here's the end. You're going to go, th- and that's really yeah. a Call of Cthulhu. Setup right there. Regardless of what you do, you're going to end oh, yeah. up having Mass of Nyarlathotep, which is a I don't know, probably hundred and some page book. It's a single adventure. It's a mm-hmm. campaign. It probably w- would take you a year of weeks to run it. 
Um, it you literally travel the whole not the whole planet, but you travel the globe. It's a beautiful module. Just buy it for all of the little crunchy stuff. There's there's tickets in there. Oh for yeah, like, but know, I mean, it, it, clues it, you're and telegrams. In New York and London, so and then cool. you're in uh, North Africa and Australia and Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, it, it travels, and there's stuff that you find out, little Across bits and pieces that you get. So you totally have choices. Like I don't want to go to London. I want to go to Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Now, depending on how the, the adventure is structured, it may be very linear. Where it's like you get a clue in London, so you go to London, and you get a clue for North Africa, or you can go to North Africa. But um, and it's got great clues in there. It's all like oh telegraphs. Yeah, it's fan- it's telegraphs fantastic stuff. Yeah, so cool. But I, I think it. I, I think what he's saying has has some merit, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that mm-hmm. there, it is. It is the kind of stuff. That most games, how most games are built, and the assumption of most games. Yeah, and there's built. a spectrum, probably. Yes, yeah. I think so. I think there's there. also something that we're not conscious of, and I, I was, I realized this. I had an entirely different a conversation with a guy at work, not even about this, but about games in general. And I'm dropping words and stuff that normally, like, oh, so you go to the quest giver and he gives you a, a quest, and he says, using all these words, I have no idea what they mean. And I had to back up, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's this stuff that we just do. We we're used to it. There's a, 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 a words for it. There's an and I think that we have gotten so in the habit of we're starting this game. There's the plot hook. We don't even notice it's a plot hook anymore. We just go and take it. Right. We just go and do it. I think that because oftentimes when you get somebody that's never game before, they do really interesting things and make different choices. And players at the table go, uh, right. oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. It's funny how we just drop right into the the comfort of. Well, I mean, we're going to go to the White Mountains today, and it's, 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 so uh, we meet at the tavern, and we're going to go do our thing. And we and found it, a map that says White Mountains, and so it's let's got a dungeon. Go we're going to go there. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so oftentimes, we do it to ourselves. Yes. We just take that plot hook and run with it and don't question. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, yeah. uh, Ryan, for the email. Mm-hmm. Very provocative. Very provocative. Oh, mm-hmm. put a lot of thought into it, too. Yeah. Uh, next email, uh, have fun storming the castle from Harold in St. Louis. Who would like to read that? I will read this one. Uh, dear Happy Jacks, in episode 2305A, you mentioned storming the castle uh, and how it's better, uh, better to just build a good castle and let the players have at it rather than devising w- uh, one right way to get in. I did something very similar once, and it turned into one of my favorite gaming stories. The players were part of an underground rebellion. They had to break into a heavily guarded uh, guarded keep to rescue a friend who had been captured. Upon arriving in town, they sought out a local contact with the rebellion to get any scouting information he might have. Did he have any suggestions for how they could get into the keep? Their contact had a few ideas. The military general in command of the keep was holding a big birthday gala that evening. It would be tricky, but the players could get on the guest list. Because of the gala, there was a, a, a lot of crates and wagons were being moved from, uh, from the docks to the keep. The players might find some uh, secu- securely, uh, security Secur- vulnerability that way. Coincidentally, the royal mage was in the pro- process of upgrading the magical security system throughout the keep. And several novices were to arrive today to assist him. The players might be able to take their places instead. I love the fact that he's given them all these options. Now, yeah. he hasn't right. said that any one of them is correct, but he's given right. them all these openings. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. That's a great way to set this up, because now the players have a multitude of choices, or mm-hmm. they can come up with something else. Right. Yes. Of course, you're the infiltration expert, so perhaps you can find a better way, the players were told. To be clear, they could have gone in some other way, but I didn't want to spend an hour of time, uh, table time with the players all doing that scouting themselves. 
uh, they chose to pose as the magical novices. Some disguises and forged papers later, and they were being escorted through the keep up to the wizard's tower to learn how to perform the defensive enchantments. This devolved into combat quickly, with the wizard activating the arcane golem to defend his workshop from the players. This sounds very Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Once the smoke cleared and the uh, wizard was dead, the players now had a conundrum. They were in, but there was a lot of well-trained guards between them and their target. Then one of the players asked, You said the wizard was using his rod to control the golem, right? Yes. (laughs) Can I use the rod to control the golem? Maybe. Roll and let's see what happens. Okay. Kudos to you. Maybe. Yes, and. Right. In parentheses, he rolls well. (laughs) I can command the golem now, right? Sure. Are you using it to fight through the guards? Uh, no. The general's birthday party is still happening, right? And so, that's how a few offhand details of flavor resulted in the arcane golem ruining the general's fancy birthday gala. Their 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 distraction secured, the players uh, spirited away their friend, and I still laugh about the grief they caused that general. Harold St. Louis. Harold from St. Louis in Missouri. P.S. That game was run in 4th edition D&D and remains one of my favorite campaigns I've run. Say what you will, but we enjoyed that system and will gladly take another stab at it. Harold, you did good. Oh, I, I, I really enjoy the way you set it up that you uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you didn't uh, force your players on a path, uh, referencing your first email, uh, wow. and and that you uh, you yes handed with all of the wacky options. It could have very been easy. You, oh no, you can't use the column. What's wrong? Instead, you were like, absolutely. Let's see what happens. That was fantastic. But they still had fantastic. to rescue the dude, right? And they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They did. Well, yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Th- this is. He actually goes a little farther than I do in, when I do prep, which is, I, I would like, okay, here's the castle, here's where the guards are, mm-hmm. here are some things that are going to be happening. I don't even think at all about how the players are going to get into the castle anymore. Right. I stopped doing yeah. that a few years, several years ago. <laughs> I, all I do is, like, here's the, ca- here's the castle, here's the stuff for the castle. Yeah. We were really good at ruining when, it for when you. When I was jamming years ago, I used to design all my castles and keeps like Conan, because I read a lot of Edgar Rice Burroughs and read a lot oh. of the comic books, and there was always some nameless horror in a pit. You know, see, like well, who designs a, a castle that way? It's like you walk into the to the opening of the greeting room and there's a giant snake in front of you. I mean, nobody, nobody except, no. except uh, uh, Robert E. Howard Stark would have set it up. What you designed them that way? I did, I did, <laughs> I did back then. And to be fair, if it's an evil wizard, you know that's yeah. what they did. So each level had like you know things to fight through. I was and an evil wizard. That's not really fair. I would totally have a rancor. Like, why right? would you not? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. But people. But uh, the the. Uh, the uh, the fact that that uh, you get, and then the, and also the fact that he sort of gave them a few ideas. Here's some stuff that you might do. I would tend not to do that. I would I would much rather them try to figure out themselves. Yeah, that kind but, of stuff. The other thing that I thought, yeah. just real quick, the other thing that I that that um, that to me is kind of a disappointment, which is one of the things that I enjoy about running this kind of sort of heist kind of game. Yeah. Is the all the intel gathering? That's some of the fun. It I is mean, a lot got, of the fun. And well, now maybe not in fourth edition D anD D, but there are <laughs> there are games where you have characters who specifically excel. Oh, at information gathering. Yeah. And so, like, if you've got a bard or someone like or something like that, or you know, any sort of a spy character, it's like their 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 time to shine is during that information gathering and that prep before the actual heist. That's yeah. that's where they're going through and they're. 
you know, walking around and observing everything and yeah. going in and talking to people and bribing that's, guards. And yeah. That's absolutely how we, how Dave and I set up Mission Imbardable, which is we had a bunch of clues set up and then a lot of the game, almost half of the game was the recon part of it. Yeah. Right. Because the whole goal was to get the prince. Now, what, whatever they wanted to do, kill him, get rid of him, kidnap him, whatever, but that that was the goal. Uh, but we we gave them stuff that they could recon right. because otherwise it's like uh you know you don't want to give that away too quickly oh yeah, yeah you, you find an open window it's easy to get in that is right. the thing about a heist game though that we've talked about before is that usually I mean half is like decent <coughs> usually it seems like it takes two thirds of the game sometimes oh, yeah. to do the recon which is what I love about leverage and forged in the dark mm-hmm. games like blades in the dark is that you can spend <coughs> some time doing some setup but like there's that whole flashback mechanic right so that you when i don't know just even like when you think about watching the show leverage mm-hmm. you know that you don't get to see all those pieces you see each expert doing their thing yeah, but then you get to pull something out of your hat you know, in the middle of the, the right. heist, where it's like, oh no, I totally did this thing before, mm-hmm. and that's in almost every good heist film. I yes. mean, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. I mean, th- there was a, there's one point in Ocean's Eleven. We know when the, the end of it. Spoilers. At the end of it, when they <laughs> yeah. show up, and and the the guys are actually the the uh, the the SWAT team. That is slightly foreshadowed by the fact that they buy vans, but you never find out what the vans are for. Okay. Yeah. Because they bought one of the vans they bought. I think was the was the van they converted into into the SWAT yeah. mobile. I think they did a good job, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we don't really know anything. Like, we, maybe they don't have. Maybe it wasn't yeah. supposed to be a heist game. Maybe they were. This guy wasn't supposed to get kidnapped. Like, maybe they didn't have a rogue or somebody who could do that. Yeah. I mean, and it also sounds like it was all in one session. Right. Like I've done that in con games before too, where it's like. Let me kind of skip through this part because we have a time limit, you know? Right, sure. Well, who knows? I, I could totally like go on. I could totally go on about recon and heist games. But, uh, maybe maybe that's a topic say, for, yeah. for another time. When are we going to play a heist game? Right? <laughs> we can get Mission Barbara. I was like, yeah. And go Herald with the 4E. Yeah. I, have, I, have good, I have had good game stories from 4E, but yeah. it's my first system. But when you can have fun playing a game. Okay. It's a fun game for you. Do you want to read Carl in Wisconsin? It's a Minnesota adjacent. We, we can split it. Okay. It's a, long, it's a longy. It's almost right. three pages. Cool. Do you want to start? <clears throat> I'll start. Okay. I don't know about my Wisconsin accident. Uh, accent. Accident? <laughs> Good day, Jackers, from the cold Midwest. You're from, uh, it's a, you're Wisconsin I, adjacent, right? I am Wisconsin adjacent. From there. I wanted yeah. to share what I consider to be a horror story game I played, but wonder if others might think it was actually a good game. <laughs> I was a player in a con game where the treasure hunters on, on Oak Island went missing. For those who do not know, Oak Island is a real place off the coast of Nova Scotia, Canada. Where am I? I, I'm, I is, am I amusing you in some no, way? Am I your little clown? Are you laughing? Well, yes, but that that's not uh, why. Oak Island is a real place off the off the coast of Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's not Nova Scotia. Canada. Canada. Yeah. Uh, where many people. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, keep reading. Where many people believe that there was a fantastic buried treasure. On the island, a mysterious pit was discovered in the 1800s, which goes deep in the ground with multiple levels and also trapped to fill with water. Many have died attempting to excavate this location, and there's even a TV show following the latest search. <coughs> with nice. this background out of the way, 
I was part of a multidisciplinary party sent to find out why the current searchers disappeared. I played a fixit character with a background in explosives and excavation. Was his name Felix? I will have yeah, <laughs> explosives and excavation. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I will see that my character. Uh, you will see that my character's background or the fact we were on Oak Island really doesn't matter in the least. The game began with a group waking in a hospital a week after we were sent to the island with no memory of what happened, and the missing people had also appeared in the hospital with no memory of events that related to their disappearance. To be fair, it's a con game, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you just need a quick okay. Right. I've I've actually used this one too. Everybody wakes up, you know, in a hyperchamber. This was already red flag to me. The finish of the game was already preordained. I had a sinking feeling the express train was leaving the station. The GM seemed very pleased with this mysterious beginning. The player spent a few minutes role-playing awkward character interactions before he declared, We were on the boat headed to the island. Everything started out great with some nice handouts of clues left by the treasure hunters. I realized we needed to go to an obelisk found previously on the island. Here is where the real fun began. We found a locked box buried under the obelisk, 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 and the GM handed me a combination padlock. He apparently wanted me to physically open a padlock. Are you shitting me? I had what I thought was the combination from a previous puzzle, and I started to open the lock. Unfortunately, I haven't used a combo lock since my high school locker and struggled for 10 minutes. Oh, God. I simply did not remember the proper sequences wow. or left of the numbers right, were wrong. Left. I don't remember. The other players right, took the lock and struggled to after 30, after all the way. 30 minutes. Yep. Oh, no. The GM oh, smugly man. looking oh, on. I finally God. said, can I just go back to the camp and get a bowl cutter? Oh, God. <laughs> so we, op- oh, so we God. opened the lock and we proceeded. Oh. We found another clue in the box and combined with what we knew to, and determined it needed to be or needed to get an old abandoned shed. I'm, I'm going to start that whole sentence again. <laughs> we found another clue in the box and combined with what we know and determined we needed to get into an old abandoned shed. The Shrieking Shack. Well, this was also a strange lock that needed to be opened. The GM reached into his bag and produced a child's puzzle game where Tetris-like pieces needed to be put together in a certain way to make a particular shape. The players all started to ask if they could break a window, saw through a wall, <laughs> find a chimney, <laughs> blow it up with explosives. I, I added that part. But no was the answer. So we all huddled around the puzzle to find the solution. No real role-playing, just another puzzle and the players needed to solve. After many, many minutes of active debate, we figured this one out, and into the shed we went. You want to take over? Sure. Uh, yes. Another clue was found that led to a secondary shaft from a previous treasure hunter. This one was covered in a heavy metal cover. Fortunately, an old crane, not a crone, was nearby. We can try to fix it and use it to lift the cover. I think my character had the skill needed, so I asked to take on that challenge. The GM reached into his bag oh my oh God. My God, and pulled out a crane. Uh, and it brought <laughs> it wasn't a bag of holding. A tonk of grain. It's like it keeps coming out. It's like, uh, it brought out a learning toy that allows someone to build simple circuits to light an LED or make a buzzer sound. This was necessary to get the machine to work and off we went again trying to solve the puzzle. So he's emulating you actually like yeah. hot wiring it or something. Yeah. Right. Which okay. is which is cool once. Yeah. 
Right. Carry on. It looks uh, like something really cool to give uh, to a budding engineer for Christmas, but <laughs> I wasn't enthusiastic. Thank God I have a background in circuit design, so we made quick work <laughs> of making the circuit and fixed the machine. The GM did not seem too amused at how quickly the puzzle was overcome. Oh, yeah, you put this in this in the reserve. Okay, the LED lit. Okay. <laughs> Up to this time, none of the character sheets were really being used. Any particular skills didn't matter since it was all players working things out. No real opportunity for the characters to interact with each other in character. Just people at a convention doing a puzzle-solving <coughs> scavenger hunt. I'll also mention each singular clue led to another and then to another. The train was firmly attached to the rails. Yeah. So finally, we had the cover open to the shaft and it was filled with water. Our diver in the party couldn't shine could, uh, shine. could shine and actually did a roll. He uh, he actually rolled the dice to see if there was a success. We didn't need to solve a puzzle like bouncing coins into a glass of water. <laughs> if you he went to college, you can do that. Rolled the dice. <laughs> I got really good at that. The diver found a secret door and tried to open it. The GM handed him one of those puzzles with bent bars that needed to be manipulated in the proper sequence oh. to get it apart. A, b- a pub puzzle, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it yeah. The tavern puzzle. Yeah, we, have yeah. those at, we have those at the reef, and I yeah. usually end up hurling them across the, the <laughs> right. stage. Or dropping point. key parts of it yeah. right Ooh. through the floor slats. Yeah. <clears throat> now, there was a twist. Only the diver could manipulate it. Uh-huh. So we all gathered around and offered advice on how to solve it. Keep in mind, there was no way for the characters to communicate with him. No problem. This was one big metagame adventure anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a story to tell about that. Finally, success. And the door opened. Inside was another room with some pattern matching puzzle, but I'm too bored to bother spending much time looking at it. I think it was some puzzle where you rotate pieces until there is a path through a maze for a ball. I didn't really care, and my character wasn't there anyway. Somebody else want to finish it? Finally, our diver reaches a room that has a, a creature inside who is an alien responsible for protecting the secret left long ago for when man was ready to find it. Apparently, humanity is not ready, and this is why the alien had to stop the treasure hunters who were getting too close. The GM had a very pleased look at this reveal. That was his reveal? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No other time in the adventure was this hinted at, or we found a clue that pointed to something this big. No foreshadowing, and no chance (laughs) for our characters to piece the mystery together before the reveal. Uh, the alien told us they could either kill us or allow us to return to the mainland with no memory of the event. My character was still topside with all of the other characters. Didn't you have explosives? But somehow, <laughs> we we all heard this. Obviously, this must be telepathy, I said. One of the other players mentioned the divers should attack since the alien invasion is an insult to humanity. This was the first laugh of the session, and the diver agreed. I knew how this would end, as it was foretold at the beginning of the session. <clears throat> of course, the diver did not get to take that action, and we all woke up in the hospital. I may have some of the details fuzzy, since I tried to forget the ordeal. So, what does the Happy, Happy Jack's crew think about this use of props that require player ability versus leveraging character ability? Was it a good use of props, or, or just isn't my kind of game, or is something really wrong? Thanks again for the great show. Carl from Wisconsin... Tundra and Lurker on the forum. 
I think it was uh, about Nightmare. five or six too many props. I, I actually had a puzzle in one of my games too, where they had to uh, uh, figure out. I, I may actually handmade it, and it was a highlight of the game because there was all this role playing, and then everybody got to put together a little puzzle, and then they moved <coughs> on again. But but because there were still dice rolls and characters mattered, it still was fun. It was a little break, and off you go. I think the whole game based around puzzles a little much. If you didn't have character sheets. Mm-hmm. I think this could be an interesting way to run a game. Yes, it could mm-hmm. be. You're Possibly. right. Possibly. If you let the players know you're going to have a bunch of puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, And, and if you like them... Not really playing characters. Yeah. Y- that you're playing yourself. You're playing yourself. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like you're playing Myst. You know, yeah. remember, the, remember the video yeah, game Myst? Yeah. Where you just had to solve puzzle after puzzle. Mm-hmm. Which is which is, was a lot of fun. It I was a very popular the game. If you're it. ready to play that. If yeah. you're ready to play, if yeah. you're sitting down to play it's Skyrim, right. and someone and pulls you're out Mist, you're going to be like, "Yes, exactly." What the fuck? Therein lies. That's a very good analogy. <laughs> yeah. That's therein lies the, the exact problem. I, I, think. I ran a game kind of like this at a con. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, but, but it, uh, yeah, before anybody calls me out. But it was a meta. <laughs> it was a meta game. It was called "To Defy Star- the Stars." Like a Shakespeare reference, right? Um, but it was the whole thing w- had a meta element in it, mm-hmm. where w- we would introduce puzzles, but like that there was some breakdown between like the actual suspension of dele- belief in playing the game and actually solving puzzles yeah. on your own, right? Uh, but the the worst one, I mean, they were all pretty easy, and they usually relied on characters and the the, yeah. the PCs. Um, but we did have a child xylophone and had a musical puzzle. In the like Willy Wonka, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, there there were musicians in the game, so that yeah. Well, and you have to, and a lot of times I feel like people do this at con games most of the time because yeah. it's kind of an interesting twist. Um, and you just have to be ready for it to flop horribly, right? Like you just that's like a gamble you take. Yeah. It's like you know an edgy joke that you say in you know mixed company, and right. it's just like oh okay, this could go super great or people could hate me. Your your real point, <laughs> the original beginning is, is right on. It's like, I think the problem is. He, that he blindsided his players, mm-hmm. and they really weren't prepared for an entire puzzle. And that was, because I think you're a, right; that could be fun lot. if you know going in. Yeah, uh-huh. a lot. That and that's a lot. That's a lot like lot. not relying on I character sheet or character skills. I or, actually would have enjoyed this if I'd known it going in. It's like this is going to be just a bunch of different puzzles. If I like invested and wanted to do character and you know, a whole lot of interactions, like, like you know, harking back to your, story your romantic stuff, yeah. yeah, then then I would have been really upset. It's like, I was going to have a whole romance with, with Mike and yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I would have hated this game because I played Miss, but I could play Miss in very short spurts until I hated it. So I'd oh, sure. play for like 15 minutes and save it and then yeah. be done. Fucking puzzle on God a damn tree. It. God damn it. Can we get into a tree? Give me a sword yeah. or smash it. Come on. Right. Sorry. Oh well, so, yeah. I, so I liked it, but yes, I think yeah. with a caveat. <laughs> I liked the game we ran. I yeah. co jammed with somebody, and at the end they fought us. Nice, and oh, we oh, had cool. little avatar minis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, we are Spence. I think. Who's that? Who's that from? Oh, I think so. Thank you, Carl from mm-hmm. Wisconsin, for the email. All right. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's what we got. And uh, any other uh, announcements or anything like that? No, I don't think so. There's con coming up. In February. 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 And that's not weekend that far away. Weekend really after uh, Valentine's Con. Yeah. Uh, President's Day. Day Con. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. And we're running Bloodblade and Tusk on Sunday. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bloodblade and Tusk on uh-huh. Sunday. Uh huh. Yeah. So tune in. For and that. we got ShadowCon tomorrow. Tom's yeah. is ShadowCon. At uh, noon to four. Is it? Yes. Okay. Oh, running for the Queen. Got okay, it. Cool. For okay. the Queen. And uh, yeah. Happy Jacks Org slash Rainbow. We have a couple of new games yes. that just started. 
Um, unless it was one shots, was there a Fallout? That's that's, that's, that's been, been going, going for a while. That's been going for a while. Yeah, but the Fallout Beach was not the eight one eight. That's a special yeah. okay, episode, yeah. right? What? It's like four. There's a special episode. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tap yeah. and I were gone, so there was like a one shot, like the beach episode. Yeah. With like some mm-hmm. guests. That's what I was watching beach. it. A day at the beach. I was watching it. I'm like, with this some is not. Mutants. Yeah. It was oh, very it's, it's, it's very different. Yeah. And I'm prepping for a, the yeah. Traveler campaign, yeah. which Traveler, which I can so only good. do so much until character gen. Right. Love, yeah. I love the character gen game. All right. And that's it. And I know. Thank you for joining us for season 23, episode 8 of Happy Jack's Jumpy Podcast. My name is Jim. My name is Kimmy. I'm Stork. My name is Gina. And thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 8, 7 p.m. Pacific yes. time. Happy Jack's slash live. We will be there. And be so there. will you. Bye. We'll leave with a song. Thanks, guys.
presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.